Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 24 of That Was a Hoot, an IFNZ Rocco's Modern Life recap series. That was a hoot! We're all remote right now uh, in different locations. Hopefully you can't tell, but you will be able to tell. It's like if you don't say anything, they might not know. Nah, I'm going to tell them. <laughs> they deserve it to know. Our loyal fans. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, so we are on uh, season three right now, episode nine, uh, Wacky Deli, part do you, one. Uh, do you? Oh, uh, sorry, I interrupted you. Uh, it comes out on on uh, came out on on January twentieth, ninety six. I I was gonna let you, I was gonna finish that line real quick, but I had to ask you a question. Um, okay. The uh, do you think that podcasts will be like? the uh what's that thing that box that you used to bury a radio a time capsule no oh. uh like the time capsule will be time capsules future. uh i would say so to a certain extent i think it already is i mean podcasts have been around since like 2006 2007 was really whenever they started kind of becoming more popular yeah but you don't um, like open up a, a a time capsule 10 years later like talking no like, no i know i'm just saying there. but like if you think about it in that aspect, then, I mean, it's already got some legs and it's starting to work its way toward that direction. I mean, like if so it's like a tadpole. Yeah. I mean, like if I wanted to, if I wanted to go back and listen to um, an episode of four player podcast, you know, from 2008 or whatever, I mean, it would only be like episode 20 something then, but they talk about stuff that's so relevant to today that, uh you know i mean like at that point in time rather that it would just like, be they knew what we were gonna be playing yeah, in know. 2022 no but i mean i mean yeah like, that's true you know at that point in time it's it's like so relevant in 2008 it was just like ah oh, just cause two is just coming out we just started playing it you know what i mean yeah they just talk about whatever's going on so i mean i guess to a certain extent i mean if you listen to really early episodes of um ifnz it's the same way that's true good point have you ever contributed to a time capsule? Uh, yes, I think we had one whenever I was in high school. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we like maybe in school all throughout time. But do you like? Did they actually bury them? Do you remember burying them? Are they like yeah. real, true time capsules? Where are they? When are they? I remember. Be I, well, I remember one specifically that we did whenever I was in eighth grade, and that was whenever the new middle school in town was built. Mm-hmm. And we were the first class to graduate from that one. So we had our time capsule buried out there somewhere. I don't know where it's at, but it has like a little cap thing on the top of it that you unscrew and open up and pull the thing out. Oh, okay. Huh. But like I said, I don't know for sure. I remember exactly what it is. Recently, maybe within the last five years, I don't know. I had like a, uh, what's the word? A letter that I had written to myself, I guess, and they handed them back to us. Um, and my mom ended up with it for some reason, and I got it. Um, and it was very embarrassing, kind of, to read, but I read it because uh, I was like, I was talking about uh, <laughs> some 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 ladies that I was gonna, I was hoping I would end up with. <laughs> oh, well, I remember one that we did that I have now that I wrote in like fourth grade and it was in my cursive that looks as good as my cursive. It does today. <laughs> um, <clears throat> like if I'm really like, you know I mean? Like 
you sit down and you try and focus on actually writing the letters yeah. the way they're supposed to be written instead of just being like Justin Harris, you, you know like what I mean? The whole fancy. And that's it. Yeah. And like, if I really focused it, it's not that much better. I'd rather just write print <laughs> right. or type stuff. Um, but no, I got that back and uh, yeah, it was like from fourth grade and it was like, we were supposed to write out, like four or five questions and we were answering the questions mm. basically like a letter to your future self. Like this is where you see yourself in 10, 15 years kind of a thing. Gotcha. And uh, pretty much all of them are wrong except for like the one about like, I'll learn how to play drums better than I do now. And I'm like, I think I can. <laughs> Maybe. Yes. Maybe yes on that one. Yeah. That was I, about it. Yeah, for sure. I, now we can talk about Wacky Udeli. Sorry, I had a little sidetrack. It's cool. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you gotta, you know, take, take the long way home. Yeah, I'm not used to seeing myself in the camera like this. So just now like I'm, I'm just not yourself. gonna talk anymore. I'm just gonna watch myself. Oh boy! All right, Wacky Deli Part One. At Big Head Studios, we see the Fathead's final episode is being reviewed by Ralph and his quote-unquote yes-men. Uh, when Ralph says 893 episodes of the Fatheads and it's finally over, uh, he turns in the episode and the executives tell him that he has to still turn in a pilot to fulfill his contract. 893 episodes. That's a long time. Like uh, It's more than that's uh, maybe more, more than, than Simpsons. Yeah, more than SNL. Definitely, maybe I don't know. Um, I think, all right, I think the longest seasons that SNL ever had was like ev- like up to twenty four for twenty five episodes. But gotcha. I'm pretty sure it's still more than that. Yeah, uh, at the Big Head's house, they are throwing Ralph a welcome home party, but Ralph is bummed out about the new show he has to create. Heifer says creating a show is easy and proposes a show about deli meats. Filbert says that the idea would get Ralph kicked out of his contract for sure. So that piques Ralph's interest, and Ralph asks Rocco, Filbert, and Heffer to help him create the new deli show so that he can get out of his contract. Ralph drops them off at the studio to start working, gives them a $20 bill for their budget, and a book on how to create an animated series. At the studio, Heffer creates the character Sal Lamy. Rocco creates Betty Baloney. She's a girl, he says. And Filbert creates Lester Rockford, uh, who is a really well-drawn piece of cheese. Heifer changes the drawing and calls him Mr. Cheese. And that does not set well with Filbert. Uh, <laughs> next, they start with the storyboarding and, the writing and writing the show. Heifer says that telephones are funny. Heifer and Filbert start to argue which of their characters is get, gets to talk. Um, they go through a bunch of ridiculous ideas that Rocco writes down. Next, they all draw lots and lots of pictures, as the book says. They then take the pictures and edit them. They are all wearing down by now, and Filbert and Heifer are still going at it. They destroy most of the film while they're arguing. One of my favorite parts is when Heifer is hitting Filbert with the desk in the editing room, (laughs) Uh, but Rocco's still sitting at the desk, and it's just like he's part of it, and then... Filbert's just getting hit with Rocco sitting at a desk. Yeah, it's not like he even shifts back and no. forth either. He's still like a standard, like he's, he's as still he's as the, the desk, desk itself. <laughs> so Ralph comes by to pick up the final edit of the episode, and then he takes it to the executive's review. Uh, they play the show, and it, it is a disaster. We get another quote-unquote real-life shot of Meatloaf 
that uh, seems to have been cut from maybe a cooking infomercial. I am the cheese. I am the best character on the show. I am better than both the salami and the bologna combined. That's the cheese's line. Uh, yeah. It's my favorite. Uh, then the show really goes off the rail with uh, explosions and the meatloaf getting smashed by a human hand. And then the pilot ends and the executives love the pilot. The end of part Perfect. one. Uh, question. I know that this is weird for me to ask you this question. Any question at all. Uh, this seems like a question we, I may have asked you before, but if you could make a show about any inanimate object, what would it be? Um, a show about an inanimate object. Such I as think, deli meats. I'm going to say like uh, a show that's centered, that could be like an adult comedy show uh, centered around office equipment. Like, uh, like a stapler could be your main character. Yes. Like whenever he like jumps and stuff to like walk, he like actually has to hop and his you hear him like <laughs> as he like kind of walks yeah. and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Like that, you have that, and then his best friend could be the stapler remover, but he's pissed off all the time because he looks <laughs> like he's got teeth and he's always undoing his job. Like the state, they're like yeah. that would be awesome. That's a good one. I was I keep thinking of things that are inanimate but like resemble things that would work. So I'm like. It's like, oh, like a Lego show would work, but it's like, of course that yeah. would work. Uh, and then it was like, oh, like a lawn gnome show would work, but that's like David the gnome. And essentially, uh, it was just a lawn gnome. So my my ideas were not good. Let's go with blades of grass. Ooh, <laughs> like everybody lives really just, close to one another. And they just and they're hitting, hitting each other now and then. And then mowing day is just like, uh, it's a just murder. It's like one once a week. It's just a mass murder they're just screaming and then like all of a sudden since they're like down to like they're they they turn back into like third grade selves it's like i it's like groot but like every week is like the cycle of like maturing and being an an adult and then being knocked back down to a baby yeah (laughs) and then there's the the neighbor who doesn't mow their grass which is me right now by the way um that uh my next door neighbor has just like they're always that like all the grass is super old. Like they're all like grandpas. They're grandmas. They're like insanely tall and they're really old. They're like fucking ints. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you a tale. It's been yes. 12 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. We can get on to part two. Part two. Wacky Deli. Part two. Can't make this stuff up, folks. Wacky Deli is a hit show, but there is an O-Town report that shows uh, that the show is tormenting the youth of the nation. The news report shows a kid with a sausage up his nose and another with a uh, with hole all through him like a like Mr. Cheese in the show. Like he's and got he's holes drilled. Him, but yeah, it's holy. Holy, it's, it's holy Mr. Holy, Cheese holy. is Swiss, I'm assuming. Uh, I don't know. When that when like cartoon cheese happens, it just always has like yeah, but like, like, that's meant to be that's meant to be Swiss cheese though. Is that a wedge of Swiss? Is that what that is? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. Then yes, to answer your question, why does Swiss have holes? Uh, I don't know. The, do they make the holes, or do the holes happen? The Swiss do the Swiss yeah. make the holes? Yes, they send it to Switzerland, and then they make the holes, and then they send it to everywhere else. Like not, I mean, not specifically the Switzians, Switzerland, the Swiss, Switzians, 
That sounds racist. <laughs> Ralph is shocked that the show is popular. <laughs> Just trying to recover from that one. Uh, Ralph is shocked that the show is popular and decides to sabotage the, the show so he can get out of the contract. He goes to the guys while they're editing the next show and tells them to add a bucket of mayonnaise and to hold on it for 10 whole minutes. They do it, and they end up getting praise for its uh, Warholian tribute. Uh, in the camera room, the guys are working on episode, and they drop the film in the dark. Ralph overhears and opens up the door, and a giant light uh, shines on him and overexposes the film. He tells them not to redo it and just turn in the overexposed film. The plan backfires, and the show is then praised for 10 minutes of blank footage. At the Big Head's house, Ed is in a hamster-style ball chasing Bev through the house in a playful way, which is, I don't I don't get it, but I like it. I don't think that's, that's about 98% of their, like, foreplay sexual weird <laughs> stuff is always just, you wouldn't think about it. You know, like, like the right. episode whenever they throw the plates up in the air and they, yes. they stick the tongue out to smash them yeah. like they're shooting skeet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Ralph shows up and tells Ed that he's having problems with the boys. Ed takes him down to the lair uh, where there are scientists working on a way to destroy Rocco and his friends. <laughs> All of a sudden, Ed has this technology in this place. Uh, Ed shows him a laser that they're working on. Ralph says that he doesn't want to hurt Rocco, just get rid of the studio and Wacky Deli. So then Ed tells him about another plan to melt the ice caps and the floor of the studio. So they go that route. Uh, meanwhile, Heifer gets a flat tire next to the studio, and instead of jacking the car, jacks the studio, uh, which is just a, a, a weird term. And, you know, uh, all of Hollywood is then flooded through the plan that Ed has put together. And uh, Hollywood floods except for Big Head Studios since it's jacked up above the rising water level. Since all attempts have failed, Ralph just walks into the editing room and eats the episode that is sitting on the table. Um, He turns out that that was a Fatheads episode, and they ask if he wants to see the new Wacky Daily episode. (laughs) Ralph finally explodes on them and tells them that he's been trying to sabotage the show. Rocco tells Ralph to make the best show he can instead of trying to destroy his career. Ralph gets excited and decides to make Wacky Deli a real artsy show. Uh, it, get, it gets canceled immediately with Ralph's new take on the show. Uh, ten years later, uh, a very hairy Ralph finishes his life's work, which is the world's largest still life sculpture, which is a bowl of fruit in the rock structures of the desert. And that's uh, that's where that ends. I we right. know now looking past all of that that Ralph, you know, has this sex change and stuff, and we know that his that's not really truly his life's work. Then is it not? I don't know. It's been a while since I've watched Static Cling to know like because I felt like his wife's work and everything he was working up toward as is it Rachel? Yep, Rachel uh, would have been the the food truck and stuff that he ends up doing. Oh, is that what she does? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Hmm. I, like I said, I, I think I saw... It's bad, but I only saw Static Cling maybe once. And it doesn't... I don't retain... It didn't retain yeah, it in my brain. Yeah, shame on you for only watching a movie one time. Gosh. Um, what is your life's work 
of what you want to accomplish before you leave this mortal plane? Oh, wow. Um, it's heavy. My life's work that I want to accomplish. Oh, that's probably going to be my rock opera. You doing a rock opera? Yeah. I'm starting on it right now. <laughs> that's funny because I like I was really thinking about this question as I was writing it and I was like rock opera. There was a musical that I was uh that I kind of had an idea for that I was had started to kind of work on and I was like that would be pretty cool to get I think that my done. I think my rock opera is now going to be about uh my inanimate uh object animated series. <laughs> and it's just nice. going to be about the office uh I mean that was, I mean, it's a pretty good idea. So put the two together and bam. I mean, I'll, something going. I'll get that animated series, you know, get it, have legs and then get it to where people, you know, understand it and recognize it enough that my life's work will be like, here's an hour long, hour and a half long special. Yeah. That absolutely. everybody loves of this, but it's just a rock opera. Mm-hmm. I've seen it done before. It'll work. You have? I mean, not that specific. Based on an like, animated series? But you'll see, like, you definitely will see... The South Park? Uh, like, a spinoff, yeah, of, like, <laughs> where you have, like, oh, there's the musical episode. Scrubs oh, yeah. has a has some great musical episodes, Yeah, you know, that came out of there. There's all kinds of people that do that. So I think that's a great idea. Start work on that now. I'm going to try real hard. Almost as hard as I'm about to try explaining episode 10, segment one, the big question. Uh, we open with Filbert uh, shaking holding a box and asking, will you marry me? And he's uh, practicing asking Dr. Hutchinson to marry him. Uh, Philbert calls her, but she's busy hanging out with someone from high school, and uh, they're having a class reunion. It's a very athletic-looking cat with an eye patch. Yes. Uh, Rocco says to do it now, and they get in the car. Uh, So on their way, Philbert says he's very nervous. Uh, And does he pee in Rocco's car? I'm not sure. You it, hear it, noise. It, yes. You hear noise, and he apologizes to Rocco afterwards, but it's, it's just kind of left open. Oh, yeah. Like, it it could very well be that he was so nervous that he peed. I, I don't know. Uh, so they get close to Dr. Hutchinson's apartment, and they see her walking out with the other guy, and they're getting on her motorcycle. They hide as Hutchinson and her friend drive by. As they come out of hiding, Dr. Hutchinson's mom, the widow Hutchinson, (laughs) shows up and tells Philbert that she may be old and ugly, but cats and turtles don't belong together. (laughs) And what Dr. H and her friend have is a real thing. (laughs) Then she picks up the car and Heifer says, please put us down, Mr. Crab. That's the line he says. To her? To the widow Hutchinson? He says, please put us down, Mr. Crab. That's weird. And I have no idea why, except for that something got confused and they were already writing SpongeBob at this time. Maybe. And and there was just a line that got goofed up. Uh, she we're throws we're the like car. three years too early for, for <laughs> anything like that yet. When did SpongeBob? It's 96. That's what I said. It started in 99. 99. Yeah. And they could have been writing it already. Yeah, I guess so. They're all, or they're they're creating characters in the background for the next thing. Yeah, but it's just it's so weird weird that it's Mister Crab, um, uh, Filbert. Uh, so uh, yeah, she Filbert takes over driving, and they follow her to the mall. They lose them and somehow crash into the elevator. So now they're in a car 
that's in an elevator. And as they go up the floors of the mall, Rocco keeps an eye out and sees them at a bridal boutique. Uh, Filbert plays whack-a-mole with his doubts and uh, smashes them, but we see that he went into his shell and missed an opportunity to ask her. That line that I wrote, and I only wrote it because that's visually what it was there, but the line, I'm playing whack-a-mole with my doubts and smashing them, is like this poetic, just lovely little thing when you think about it. Oh, yeah. And and I didn't I didn't write it. It's not like my creation, but the just the visual that that creates and that that uh, that the actual show created. I was like, that's like that's deep. Yeah, it's like it's like shit that you would hear in like what would be like a modern classic. That's right. I'm going to it's going to I'm going to I'm going to steal my line and we're going to know that it's inspired by Rocco's modern life. But nobody else will. There you go. Nobody else will. He then decides he will go to her class reunion and ask her there. Heifer and Filbert go on a covert spy operation to infiltrate the reunion. The widow Hutchinson is at the sh- is the chaperone for the reunion, and the guys all hide under a table and move it next to Doctor Hutchinson, and who we know now as Tiger. That's the big cat with the eye patch. Uh, Heifer creates a diversion by putting a cake detonator on the cake at the reunion. <laughs> okay, I was confused for a second. I was just like, "What cake are we at?" I forgot where we were at the reunion. Tiger, who is uh, the prom king, has the duty of cutting the cake. Should be splattered with the cake, but it turns the uh, turn of events. Tiger has the prom queen, who is Doctor Hutchinson, uh, cut the cake instead with her hook. Of course, the detonator goes off, and the room is filled with cake. The guys are discovered, and Rocco yells, "Pop the question!" Dr. Hutchinson then asks Filbert to marry her and gives him a tiny golden crown. He asks Tiger, and she and Tiger just laugh, and she says that he even encouraged her to ask Filbert to marry her. Then Filbert gives her a box he had, which is a golden bejeweled engagement hook. (laughs) Heifer pops up and has icing cake on his head and chin like an afro and goatee. The widow says, Frank, who came back? And starts chasing after Heifer. Heifer passes Dr. Hutchinson and she says, Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a good one. And uh, what's your favorite kind of cake? Um, ooh. Like cup variety or just standard? Uh, I, I think that any kind of cake. Like, if you just want to say that cupcakes are your favorite kind of cake. Oh, I no, guess. no, no. I meant, like, I'm going to get specific. Oh. I just didn't know. I really like the, uh, I really like pumpkin cake or pumpkin cupcake with uh, with the cream cheese icing. Ah, I like the red velvet cake specifically from Mark's Bakery. Yeah. It's, they, nobody does it like they do it. It's uh, altered chocolate, right? No chocolate. That's it. Red velvet cake is altered chocolate. Theirs is not. It's different. I mean, it probably has some cocoa in it, but it's not like like when you go to a grocery store. I bet it rid- even has cacao. A cacao. <laughs> <laughs> like when you go to like a Walmart and you get a red velvet cake, it's just like chocolate cake with red food coloring. Yeah. And uh, theirs is it's superb. I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it, but to bring some to your house sometime. Was that a chef's kiss or was that you were giving me a kiss? <laughs> yes, both. <laughs> 
Okay. I can't wait for you to bring this cake to my house. I live closer and you're going to bring it to me? I don't think I I've ever had their red velvet cake, though. Before. I ordered one for my birthday. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and you ordered most... it for yourself? Yes, I did. Absolutely. Oh, man. I'm at that you point in my life. Me... You should have told me, though, because I could have at least ordered it for you. You could have no. paid, but then. <laughs> I'm at the time in my life where, like, I know what I want, and I'm just going to go get that thing. Ooh, and so... damn. <laughs> damn. Don't let any eligible bachelorettes hear you say that, because that just made me soggy <laughs> thinking about it. Almost as soggy as episode 10, segment two, The Big Answer, uh, where we open with an instructional video about the turtle. The blacksmith of the animal kingdom, a shelled, lethargic reptile with a timid disposition. <laughs> Cats and turtles are sword enemies and have been for centuries. This makes no sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But that's what we're dealing with. Right. Uh, then we cut to Dr. Hutchinson, who is having a daydream about how turtles and cats shouldn't get along. Her mom says she has just finished her wedding dress and that she shouldn't be marrying this turtle. At Philbert's house, Rocco needs to borrow a couple of bucks. So Philbert takes him to the basement where he has a giant room filled with aluminum cans. Philbert shovels Rocco a bag of cans so Rocco can cash them in. Then Rocco <laughs> says, so this is why he never works. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most random. <laughs> like, they could have. It's not even to fill up time. Like, you, the things that they do on this show are never because it's like, man, we really need to fill like five minutes with something. This was two seconds of of something that just opened up this whole new world that Filbert has a basement under his little camper thing in the in the uh, trailer park yep. that is just goes on forever and is filled with aluminum cans. Wow. Uh, it's weird. Uh, we find out the next day is when Filbert is getting married and they trick him into a bachelor party. That's why they needed the $4 worth of cans. Uh, <laughs> so the guys take Filbert to Colonel H's barnstorming ice cream parlor in the sky. I don't. Is that supposed to be like a reference to something? And I don't get it. I mean, barnstormers, I believe, were like a thing where they that was like pilots that like kept their planes in barns. Okay. Um, and so a part an ice cream parlor in a sky with a barnstormer kind of makes sense because it's a plane and and they have it this parlor in an actual airplane. Um, but I don't think it's a reference to anything specific that I'm aware of. I didn't know, and I was trying to think about it after I read this segment of the notes, and I was like, "What is that supposed to be a reference to?" But I mean, I guess that's the closest thing that you can kind of. But it's just such a weird long name to kind of come up with, and right. so random. I can look up what a barnstormer, I can look up the actual, what is a barnstormer real quick. Uh, so they get messed up on ice cream, like drunk. And Heifer yes. breaks into the cockpit of the plane. Uh, he starts messing with the controls and the plane actually starts to take off. So then we see the plane spinning in the sky as Dr. H and her mom are on the roof of their house, still discussing how bad of an idea it is for her and Filbert to get married. So barnstormers are uh, is a form of entertainment in which stunt pilots perform tricks individually or in groups in flying circuses. 
they also barnstormers were pilots who flew through the country to sell airplane rides and perform stunts so they would just take a couple of planes and they'd all go out and they'd do the do a little show and get paid for it uh, it almost makes me wonder i was like i wonder if that's something that one of the creators like remembers from their childhood or when they were little like very little uh could be and that was just something that they kind of remember because i was just like who nowadays would know that barnstormers or that that's a thing like i didn't know that well what's funny enough is just a couple of weeks ago uh scott snyder released a book on comicsology called barnstormers oh and it is about a world war one uh pilot who uh is like or he he claims to be a world war one pilot and he is like going into this town and and all this i can't remember what the storyline is because i haven't read it but uh but yeah so the the term is fresh in my brain only because of that but before that it would have been a long time yeah. since i'd heard that um rocco and filbert have now taken over the controls and put heifer in a straight jacket because he's nuts and drunk on ice cream i think one of my favorite parts is there's a point in time where he starts making plane noises and it's just his tongue sticking out going did you see spit flying off while he's in his straight jacket yes uh filbert tries to call in that they can't drive the plane because they've had too much ice cream and his friends from australia where filbert realizes that he's uh talking to a pig and not a radio that's a loaded little scene there yeah get it ham radio oh i didn't get it that's the joke (laughs) for those at home playing and chad heifer grabs them both and the plane then crashes but it is conveniently in rocco's front yard great uh they wake up in uh, they wake up to the plane crash and heifer is back to eating ice cream again uh they find out that they only have 15 minutes to get to the wedding from this point so while filbert is rushing around he hears dr hutchinson singing from the top of the conglomo building he goes up there and she tells them that she can't marry him meanwhile at the wedding rocco and heifer show up to know filbert being there and to try to enter and try to entertain the guests but of course heifer takes the side of the cat family and starts to pit the families against each other i love uh whenever she tells him that uh the first reaction that he has is he goes oh okay (laughs) (laughs) i think i would too at that point that'd be my response the turtles all end up splashing the cats and they get into a big fight uh while they're fighting a turtle in a wheelchair with an afro and goatee shows up and says that his name is Colonel H. Uh, little remember that. And his plane <laughs> is in Rocco's front yard. But we got Colonel, we got the actual Colonel H. And Colonel H is the the guy. Yes. I don't remember what his name or who she what was it? Frank. Frank. I was like, uh, I was then, like, what's his name? I forgot what it is. It's not just Colonel H. <laughs> then Dr. Hutchinson and Filbert show up. Dr. Hutchinson calls Colonel H daddy. And she, which is weird for to say right in front of her husband. <laughs> she calls him by daddy immediately. Ooh, daddy. Uh, <laughs> um, no, she calls him dad. She says, daddy. And then she introduces Filbert as her new husband. We find out Dr. Hutchinson da- Hutchinson's dad is a turtle. And that Filbert and Dr. Hutchinson got hitched at the Chameleon Brothers drive through chapel. Uh, Colonel H wheels into the cat and turtle battle. And the widow chases after uh, 
saying that she still loves him. Then we see footage of Filbert and Dr. H going on their honeymoon with come crawl with me playing in the background. <laughs> How sweet. So question for you. If turtles are the blacksmith of the animal kingdom, who's considered the party planner of the animal kingdom? Who's considered the party planner? So I'm trying to think of different roles that specific characters would have. We've got turtles are the blacksmiths which means that obviously uh wolves are the uh members of the fighters guild um so who would be a mage if we had a mage mm, i'm gonna say the party planner is the ferret <laughs> that makes sense what about like a seamstress who's the seamstress of the animal kingdom uh alpacas and then the accountant the accountant. Mm-hmm. I see. If I wouldn't have known from this episode that turtles were the blacksmiths, I might have said turtles. But right. now I want. I want to say sloths because they're so slow and they're so meticulous that you just everything would come out right every time. Makes sense. Accounting day is a very dangerous day. This has been IFNZ production. Yeah.